Ready whenever you are. Great. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody to this meeting of the Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs. Mr. Clerk, if you could please call the roll. Councilor Falco. Here. Council Martin. Present. Chairman Bears. Present. All right, I'm going to read this document now. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12th order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, General Law Chapter 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford City Council Committee on Subcommittee on Elderly Housing Affairs will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Med Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. To participate outside of Zoom, please email aherdebees at medford-ma.gov. There will be a meeting of the Medford City Council Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs via Zoom on Monday, March 8, 2021 at 5.30 p.m. The purpose of the meeting is to discuss Council Papers 20-300, 21-503, 21-070, and other potential actions regarding housing stability. The committee has invited Chief of Staff Dave Rodriguez, Community Development Director Alicia Hunt, CPA Coordinator Daniel Evans, CPA Chair Roberta Cameron, and OCD staff to attend. For further aids accommodations, please contact the city clerk at 781-393-2425. Thanks everybody and welcome to the meeting. Um, I just wanted to note that Chief of Staff Rodriguez uh, had a conflict and is not able to be here tonight, uh, but we do have uh, Community Development Director Alicia Hunt, CPA Coordinator Daniel Evans, and CPC Chair Roberta Cameron with us. Um, and I had, since we have so much on the agenda, I had a little bit of an outline for the meeting that I came up with. I was hoping first that we could discuss a paper 20-300 and the issues around local housing stability, then move to the housing stability notification ordinance, and then uh, talk quickly about the health and safety inspections piece. Um, and the first section would include follow on all the items from our last meeting, um, including items proposed by counselors. Does that sound? fine with everybody? Sounds good. Great. Awesome. So in that first section, which is the local actions around housing stability um, and the 20-300, I was hoping we could start with an update from the housing working group that we discussed at the last meeting. Maybe if Alicia, could you uh, let us know what happened at the latest meeting and also discuss from our last meeting, we wanted to talk about the Know Your Rights campaign and the updates to the website page regarding housing. Oh, did I get it? Okay, sorry. Um, great, thank you, um, counselor. I. I will tell you, I don't have a copy of the ordinances or the, the motions in front of me. So I'm going mostly from your description just now to refresh my memory on what each of them were. 
Um, she wanted to be clear. If you think I'm not covering something, I don't have the language. I don't have a copy of that. Um, so I'm calling up our notes from the housing working group meeting. And so that one was actually uh, very much of a, what we would call a working meeting. The group that did attend, um, I think we had about 12 people. We broke into three um, subgroups. We used uh, the breakout rooms and we worked on three different. And one of them, uh, we reviewed the webpage. And so we are getting some updates and functionality to the city webpage. Um, so Kelly and I focused actually on how would we lay out the information that we generally have and that we think is important using some of the new ability to do submenus and stuff that Jackie explained to us was coming. Um, and so we are providing that sort of layout to her to help make the web page much more accessible with sections for landlords, for tenants, for property owners. Um, and then she thought it would be good to have one for buyers. So for people who are new to the community or buying in it, it would be great. And then we had a few things. So we kind of broke that all out and talked about the, the reality is she didn't, she, the two of us were the only ones in that group. We haven't actually gotten much feedback that stuff is missing from there. It's just overwhelming. The problem is there's so much information. It's too much. Um, so the next group was, um, the resource mailer. And so one of my, one of my uh, graduate interns, Amanda, worked with the group on that, talking about what should be on that resource mailer. And she's actually been doing some additional work with Jackie Keeks around what can we do? What do we have some money for? Um, the, I mean, like members of the community thought we should do three mailings. The reality is that the amount that these things cost and the effort on it we're not really clear that we can do three just for housing. And so we're trying to sort of bring together like their, the ideal world with what we think we really can do um, and start, we've been, she's been emailing with the housing resources, the group that met that night. Um, they discussed that they'd like to meet a few more times, sort of just the, the small group to get more into the details about what could be done with the housing resource mailer. Um, because one meeting wasn't enough. Every two weeks or every month is not enough to get a mailer out quickly. So they were going to sort of on their own, do some additional mailing and get back to us on exactly where they, they think they are. Um, so I'm actually expecting an update from Amanda on Wednesday. I apologize. I didn't quite process that I should have gotten that from her tonight for this meeting um, on where that group stands, but they are trying to move more rapidly than a once a month meeting would allow. Um, and then the third group was the equity group. Um, Danielle, are you comfortable speaking to that group um, and sort of what you guys talked about? I have the notes in front of me, I could. Sure, yeah, I'm calling up the note, notes now. Um, yeah, so basically it was um, a group of, I believe there was four or five of us in that breakout group. And a lot of that was talking about how, um, that a mailer is, is a good starter to um, engage residents, but that there needs to be you know, more um, outreach to the people who are left furthest behind. So 
um, basically discussing, you know, different ways that, you know, that outreach could be performed. And a lot of that is um, making people with lived experience are, are at the table, um, even when um, talking about how to do that and also what would go on the flyer and on the websites. Um, there was some discussion about how people don't necessarily feel welcome in the city, um, either don't see themselves represented in city government, either elected or staff. Um, and the idea of maybe that there could be some kind of a, a welcoming committee to um, you know, make people feel welcome, um, hopefully in the future when, you know, past COVID times, um, you know, trying to do more at uh, different festivals and community events to try to connect people and bring people together. And there are some other um, things that were talked about, um, you know, making sure that landlords know the benefits um, of accepting Section 8 vouchers and uh, revamping um, the website. There was mentioned that the Malden Housing Authority has a very good website that we could look for ideas. Um, and actually, if I could touch on exactly that point, one of the actually really fortuitous connections that came out of it is that um, one of the people has felt that the what we have on the Medford Housing Authority website for people who need help isn't very good. And, but we don't have any authority over that. So actually there was a board member from the Medford Housing Authority, the current board chair came to them how the group and they met and they asked me to share their email addresses to each other because they were gonna follow up and have some more extended conversations about sort of what this particular resident um, was sort of looking for, what she was seeing on Malden's site um, and that she could just discuss it directly with somebody who had the ability to get change happen over at the housing authority side. So it was really great that they met and that they um, were able, are able to follow up on that conversation. So um, that's, I, think, I feel like that's a pretty fair uh, summary of what came out of that. We haven't actually scheduled the next meeting, but it is our intention that it meets every month. Um, so we'd be looking for it in about two more weeks. Uh, sorry, can you tell me what the next thing was? There was more than that you wanted. No, that, that was actually totally comprehensive on that, um, on that topic. I think the only uh, question um, we were hoping to, you know, we wanted to see after, I think you said after a few meetings, looking at the, the structure, um, I know that the meeting agenda was publicly posted and that it is a public meeting, so that's great. Um, it sounds like there wasn't, it was mostly working on the issues and didn't really talk about how you'd like the group to look in the future. Um, so we can talk about that at another time. Right. And we touched very brief on it, but the first meeting had about 30 people. The second one had 12. Um, and people felt very much like they wanted to get work done, the people who were there. So that was more focused on that. And we kind of said, so if we met about once a month and people were like, okay, but we're going to actually keep moving on these other things before you meet again, um, was sort of how it got it was left. And my expectation is that we would continue to use the larger email list. I have been blind copying everybody on that um, just because I didn't feel that everybody should have everybody else's email addresses. Um, 
but uh, that's sort of in lieu of creating an email list. We've had a little experience with making email lists, mailing to it, and then other people mailing to it and it becoming a problem. Um, so we were trying to avoid that. Great. Yes, Councillor Falco. Thank you. Uh, just a quick question, Alicia, and it's more just a kind of, I guess, administrative type question. Is this, and I can't remember if we discussed this uh, at our last uh, subcommittee meeting, but is this group going to, it sounds like they're going to be meeting monthly. Is there like a, you know, like the first week, second week, third week, have they, has that been a uh, approach yet? Is there kind of uh, like a standing, like second week of the month, we're going to meet the second Tuesday of the month or? Right. We haven't yet. I mean, honestly, it has a lot to do with there have been so many meetings that I was trying to fit it in in between other posted public meetings. Um, the last one was the last Thursday, and it was the same night as a ZBA meeting, but we ended, we ended shortly before we actually overlapped with ZBA, and I laugh because somehow somebody who was supposed to be at the ZBA meeting logged into our meeting as we were getting close to the end. And we were like, oh, there's somebody late. And we like gave him some information. He was really quiet. And I logged into the ZBA meeting afterwards. And there he was. He was actually supposed to be in the ZBA. <laughs> he was a contractor. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just think, I just think, I know like usually if there's like yeah. a defined like certain day and you know, week of the month, usually that kind of, once you kind of put that in the ground and people know, okay, I need, I need to be there the third Thursday of the month or whatever it is, that's usually, that usually works pretty good. But I'm just curious. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that we're sort of leaning on the fourth Thursday of the month. Um, it's, but I, I don't want to be hundred percent tied down. Like things just keep getting scheduled and there are certain things that like, competing that I need to be at and trying to make sure that we get those sort of filtered out. And maybe, you know, as we move along, Danielle will be, will be managing these meetings more and I'll take more of a step back. And so the, the conflicts won't be as much of an issue. So. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Any other questions about the housing working group? So the next thing that we wanted to talk about was the emergency rental assistance program. Um, we discussed at our previous meeting, um, uh, Councillor Marks brought up some issues around expanding eligibility. Um, I think landlord participation was discussed as one of the barriers that's going on. Um, I think specifically, you know, can we expand this to people who aren't in arrears was a, was a question that was, um, was brought up and it's, I have on my post-it note, invite Danielle to next meeting. So, um, that is, uh, that, I think that's the next topic in this section to talk about. Um, I don't know, Danielle, if you have any, if there's somewhere you would prefer to start. Um, I'm trying to remember where we um, left off. Basically, it was, um, I was going to reach out to ABCD or Roberta and I were going to touch base about it to get an understanding why certain um, people were getting screened out and not being able to participate. And I apologize, but in the interim between the two meetings, my mom passed away. So I've oh, been gosh. kind of sidetracked a little bit. So I'm, I'm sorry that I, I didn't actually do that yet. No, sorry I'm, that. I'm sorry. so sorry to hear that, Danielle. Um, okay, sorry to get personal, but I wanted to give you a reason why I hadn't gotten to that yet. No, that's more than, more than understandable. Um, what, what do folks think? Um, I'm, I'm happy to kind of, 
we could talk about this at a future meeting or if anyone has any thought on those topics um, that we could write down at least for the notes. Um, happy to look at that as well. Roberta has been doing a bunch of work in this area as well. So Roberta, awesome. you have something on this? Sure. You know, um, like Danielle, I'm not sure that I'm ready to um, report back with, with solutions. We haven't had a conversation with ABCD yet, but I just wanted to note that um, we have um, provided, um, ABCD has provided us with information in their status reports that, um, that provide some helpful input as to um, who has been um, not able to access the services. So the, the majority, I think our biggest barrier has simply been um, reaching people who are in need of this. So our, our outreach is has still, despite really um, a lot of effort um, by us and by ABCD um, using every means that we can think of, we still have not been getting the word out efficiently about um, the availability of the program. So the largest number of people who have been denied, it's because they're out of service area. So they were requesting um, rental assistance, but weren't eligible because they're not Medford residents. Um, that um, there, but there have also been, as you mentioned, landlords who participated um, and people seeking um, other types of assistance that aren't eligible for our program. So I'm not sure what opportunities there are to actually expand our eligibility requirements above what we've already provided. I think it could be easier to simply be able to get through the application process and to access the resources. And I think ABCD is working on that, but we should get more information from them about um, the movement they've been able to make in that respect. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, um, I think at least the intent from our last meeting was, you know, if we could think about solutions to help landlords participate and think about, you know, if the issue of people not being in arrears has been a barrier to access, those were, I think, the two main things that, that we were thinking about. So we could revisit that um, in a few weeks. Any questions from my fellow counselors? Great. Um, the, the next thing uh, for this part of the agenda was actually something Councillor Marks brought up at our last meeting, which was uh, stabilization services or a diversion program. And I was wondering, Councillor Marks, if you uh, had more thoughts on that that we could talk about at this meeting. So the stabilization aspect is uh, whether or not we're following once, you know, uh, residents become eligible for these funds, whether or not we're following them for a period of time after the fact. And I'm not sure if ABCD follows clients or tracks them after the fact. That may be a question we can pose at some point. Um, and I, I mentioned this before, and I think Alicia is well aware that you know, when we start accepting phone calls and and uh, diverting uh, residents that may have questions, I think it's vital that we also follow up um, and make sure that we're not just got a phone number or um, advice, but make sure that um, 
you know, were able to track clients and see if they got some resolution to their concerns. And I know that's a, a large task, but it's, I think it's extremely vital uh, in order to make this a success. Um, so so my, my, my question is uh, whether or not uh, ABCD does provide any stabilization um, once the money is allocated and if they track uh, any of these tenants or families. So Roberta, you are you better that. able to answer that? I, I feel like I could, but that you have more direct experience with it, the ABCD's follow-up. Um, according to the way the program was originally structured, they agreed that they would be following up and we have not um, asked them, that's a good question for us to add to the list of questions when we talk with them, um, is what the outcome has been of their follow-up with um, tenants. Um, they had indicated that they wanted to follow up to make sure, as you said, stabilization, to make sure that they're accessing any other services that they need in order to be able to stabilize their housing situation. Um, so we should we should find out whether they've been doing that. Right. And it is on, so it is in the report that they give us that they do an assessment when the person first calls them of their full needs. And so several of the, the cases that have been reported back, they were actually referred to additional services um, from particularly within ABCD um, that they might need in addition to just the rent stabilization money. Um, so that was on the report. I don't have the report in front of me um, to quote numbers, um, but I remember seeing that. The other thing that I would add is that when residents call our office, um, we follow up with them from OCD. And I actually had the pleasure of being um, in the front office microwaving my lunch when Lorena took one of the calls today. Um, she actually got a call from somebody who was calling on behalf of someone else who needed rent help. And um, one of the things she, Lorena said to her was, I'd like to follow up with her in a couple of days to make sure that this referral worked. May I call back or may I call, get your number and call back to see if this worked. Um, and she asked if she could call that person um, she also had a very nice way of asking um, if the resident that the person was calling on behalf of uh, was comfortable speaking in English, um, which is really helpful for us to know in advance, especially when somebody calls on their behalf. Uh, Lorena can make return calls in Spanish and Italian as well, but we have also started to utilize the language interpretation line that the city pays for and use them as an interpreter. Um, it's it's not smooth, but it works. So, All right, so if I could, Mr. Chair, I, I think you know it, it's my intent, and I'm sure it's the intent of other members of the council, and I'm sure other residents of the community that this is not a one-time you know process. And moving forward, uh, I know we had the perfect storm with COVID, um, but moving forward, that this become a, a, an annual program that we run. And uh, in order to uh, measure the metrics on whether or not uh, we're successful and so forth, I think we have to know where these families end up, uh, where these individuals end up, if they're in the same predicament, um, you know, and, and start to target families. Um, and I think by offering stabilization services, as you just mentioned, uh, it's helpful to follow a family through and uh, look to see what their barriers are. Um, and ways of improving their income. So, so, you know, once a family may receive a subsidy or some assistance, that's not just the end of the game. 
that's the beginning of the game. And we're always looking to improve upon how can we make this family more self-sufficient. Um, and I, I think that's what stabilization services do. Um, and I, I'd like to see, you know, when we do move this program forward, hopefully year after year, that we combine it with some type of stabilization service and then be able to recognize families that may uh, require more assistance, other families that have, you know, stretched their wings and flew off and are very successful on their own now. But, but I think there has to be a tracking mechanism. And uh, I'm sure we'll incorporate that as we move forward. Right. And if I might, there's actually for that, it's the role of a social worker to do that work, right? There's just so much that an administrative assistant or planning staff can do. It's really a social worker that families follows a family through and really makes sure they get everything they need. So we have in the city, in the health department, if I might speak on behalf of another department that's not here, um, we've had someone who has been our recovery coach, but she's actually gone to school. She's now a certified social worker, which was very fortuitous because during the pandemic, we actually increased her role to work as a social worker. And coincidentally, her name is also Alicia. You may have uh, met Alicia LaGambina. So between CARES Act funding and some CDBG money, we've been paying for her to work full-time as a social worker this past year. And one of the things that we've been exploring is how can we continue to fund her position and is her position enough? She's actually had graduate student, one or more of them, I think actually a couple, working for her that are social work students that she supervises to so people who call the multilingual line that's the the sort of place they end up is working with her um as well as people get referred directly to alicia as well like if it's somebody i occasionally get somebody who says i'm homeless and i don't know what to do that's we're not referring them to abcd that's a call to alicia and she reaches out to the family and tries to help with somebody who's really in a rougher situation than just a few checks is going to help with. Um, so I would encourage including the health department and Alicia in any conversations about the future of that, because they've really been trying to understand how do we best structure that and pay for that work in the city, because it's, it's clear to them that it's been absolutely needed during the pandemic, but it's also clear that it's not just a pandemic need, as you're very clearly stating. So, right, and and in other communities like Malden, Somerville, Cambridge, they have the fingertips, the resources at their fingertips, and they self-refer many times. So, if you go to Somerville City Hall and contact someone, they refer you to whatever programs that they have up and running, whether it's homeless or uh, some uh, you know someone dealing with uh, uh, you know residential needs or. Um, someone looking for assistance, um, you know, they have that, those resources at their fingertip and they do a lot of self-referrals. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, we don't have that in our community right now. We're able to refer, but we don't have local organizations like they do in Malden, Somerville and Cambridge. And, and I think that may be some of the obstacle um, in getting results for our residents. Um, you know, I'd like to see more local initiatives, um, and that's a whole other conversation for another time. But, but um, you know, in a city our size, we, we really should have the resources at our fingertips uh, to assist, you know, people in need. Um, and I couldn't tell you what resources that Alicia refers people to because she's where I refer people. And I think Roberta had something to add on that. 
Sorry, I keep muting myself because of other noise already. Um, I I just wanted to relate it to the to the point of needing more local resources in the community, but also related to the question of this being a recurring program. The Community Preservation Committee does not typically initiate um, programs to be funded. In this case, because of the emergency nature and the fact that we didn't previously have a relationship with any organizations providing these types of, of programs, the CPC reached out to a, to a selection of different organizations in the region that we knew provided these types of programs and invited them to apply for the emergency rental program. And that's how we came to have Housing Families and ABCD um, apply for the programs that we funded last year. But this would not be, uh, we, we could not expect this to be a recurring program without having a relationship with organizations that, that we could um, request to come to the table. And I'm not sure that it's appropriate for the CPC to play the role of being the, uh, being the initiator of these types of initiatives. Um, so this is something that would be helpful to see the city um, be driving um, this this type of thinking, whether it's CPA funds or CDBG funds or homes, that the um, that we need to be driving that initiative to invite partners to come and use our resources to be able to do these types of programs. It might be helpful to know. So the health department and the Office of Outreach and Prevention has been spearheading some of these efforts. Um, and I apologize, I know that you have met with them about some other initiatives. And um, so I, if I'm repeating things you've heard and from meetings I wasn't in, I apologize. But they have been hosting a Medford Connects meeting, which is service providers primarily. But um, when I'm able to get there, I have seen that they also have, um, the, the Roberts School has sent somebody frequently um, and some other, so some internal groups. Um, I actually now have Lorena for my, who, who answers our phones are going, but a number of the area nonprofits attend to talk about how can we better coordinate communications between the nonprofits that are serving the Medford residents and how can we make that a better relationship and be following people through the programs um, and how can we work together with a better structure. And um, Penny from the health department has been spearheading that effort. Councilor Marks, excuse me, Councilor Marks, any other thoughts? Um, I think I have one, but I wanna defer to you. Uh, no, I, I'm good right now, thank you. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly how I wanna approach it, but it's still coming together in my head a little bit, but it seems like to Roberta's point, um, it's important that we incorporate this housing discussion that we're having in the program, the emergency program, into <clears throat> the work that the health department is doing around social work and connecting with service providers. Um, I don't actually know exactly how we want to do that yet. Um, I don't know if my fellow counselors or uh, anyone else on the call has any thoughts about what a next step might be um, to bridge, the, bridge those two conversations. I think that you could invite Penny as well, Penny and or Alicia to a meeting like this be, to talk at the, the high, this high level because um, they, they're working on that. And so that's sort of, we're trying to attend the Medford Connects meeting 
And that name, I think, is intentionally generic enough to sort of give it space. Whereas is it housing? It's a little housing. It's a little food. It's sort of combining several of these. Um, they announced like the food resource guide. And we want to today, we want to be combining some of the housing outreach with the food outreach because there's clearly overlap. And so that's where they've been doing a lot of the thinking around that, um, that work. Okay. Um, unless my fellow counselors have something to add, I, I'd like to make a motion that we invite uh, Penny and Alicia to a future meeting to talk about how we can make uh, the emergency work we've been doing over the past year um, permanent uh, going forward. With second that. Mr. Clerk, when you're ready, uh, let me know. Do you have the spelling of her name? It's unusual. It's A-L-Y-S-I-A. -S -S -A. So. Alicia, what's her last name? La Gambina. That I am actually going to pop up on my screen. L-A capital G-A-M-B-I-N-A. Again. And we okay. have three leashes. We all spell our names differently. <laughs> Writing, it makes things really easy to tell us apart. In person, it can get really funny. Chairman, <laughs> okay. let me just read back what I what I have for your motion. Thank you. Chairman uh, Bears moved to invite uh, Penny Funaioli and Alicia Lagambina to a future meeting to discuss how to make permanent the emergency work the department has been doing. Yeah, the emergency housing work. Sorry, let me add that word. Hang on. You may have added it. I may have just missed it. No, I, I didn't have it in there. So, And then the, seconded by, by Councillor Falco. Correct. Um, if you would like yes. further discussion, if you would like further discussion, that's up to you, but I'm ready to call the roll whenever you are. Any further discussion? All right. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councillor Falco. Yes. Councillor Marks. Yes. Chairman Bears. Yes. Great. Um, so that has passed three in the affirmative. Uh, so we will do that. Um, I'd also like to uh, keep the paper in committee. Maybe we can handle that at the end, um, both for discussing that motion that was just passed and also the eligibility for emergency rental assistance and future follow up on the housing working. Do you, want the details, do you want the details on that motion or do you just want to just want to move to keep the paper in committee? Um, if you could keep the details, it seems like the details might be helpful just to make sure that we're all on the same page going okay, forward. So can, about you, what, can you read back to me uh, the rest of that other than beyond keep the paper in committee? Yep. It's um, on following up on the housing working group. Hang on. Okay. Eligibility for emergency rental assistance program. Okay. And, and the motion we just passed. Okay. So 
so chairman bears moved to move to keep the paper in committee so the committee can follow up on the housing working group eligibility eligibility for the emergency rental assistance program and for the motion just passed yes okay um and I, I think we're probably we have a few more papers to get to i think they might all stay in committee so i figure we could do that all at the end of the meeting with one okay all right. all right. Do you want to take this? Do you want to take this vote now or not? I got the I've got the motion no. drafted. Okay. We'll keep keep it for the end. Okay. So that's all right. It's your meeting. We'll do whatever you want to do. Um. We yeah. You're tight on time, so I just want to get through everything. Um. The next item to discuss was the housing stability notification ordinance proposal, which was filed by Councillor Falco and sent to our committee. Um, and I was planning to turn it over to Councillor Falco to talk about that um, resolution and, and see what he thinks some ne next steps might be. Thank you, Councillor Bears. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, so yes, I brought the uh, resolution forward back, I, I think it was a few weeks ago. And I appreciate you setting the subcommittee meeting so quickly. Uh, but basically the purpose uh, of the ordinance was to promote housing stability uh, for um, you know, the residents are met by ensuring that they have information about their rights and about their housing resources and what's available to them. Um, so what I did is I did a, a little bit of research and uh, I see that, you know, the city of Boston, the city of Somerville, city of Cambridge all have um, uh, ordinances with regard to this matter. And uh, I, I did look at some and, they, and actually they, um, they actually all seem pretty similar and they're not, uh, uh, you know, they're not super long. Um, what I did also notice is that city, city of Cambridge actually had a tenant rights and resources like FAQ, which I thought was, um, you know, uh, very informative that basically, you know, it's all kinds of questions, uh, you know, regarding, uh, you know, tenants rights and whatnot. Um, so uh, I did do some preliminary research uh, on that. Um, and I, I do have actually, if you want, I mean, I can, if you want to look at some of the, uh, Ordinances, I can share my screen and show you some if you want. We can kind of scroll through to see what they look like. Uh, whatever you feel uh, is you'd like to do is fine with me too. That that is fine with me. Uh, just okay. if it's fine with everyone else. Great. Yeah. When you're ready. Okay. Just give me uh, one second here. Zach, hang on a second. I always have problems with this piece, so just give me one second. Uh, share screen. Yeah, and, and while uh, Councillor Falco is getting this all lined up for us, I just want to say that I think this is would be a great initiative um, and hopefully another way to support uh, some of the know your rights and housing stability work that is going on. Kozla Bears? Yes. Okay. Can you see this or no? Probably not. No. Right? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> one second. I apologize. Uh... 
I apologize. This is a new iPad, and I'm like just still trying to figure everything out. So give me one second. I thank you for your patience. Let's see. Can you see it now? Um, yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is, um, so, so I you know, looked at, uh, so this is the city of Cambridge, uh, but I also looked at Boston and Somerville, and they all seem, you know, from my quick review, pretty, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty much the same almost. Uh, so I'm not sure if you, how you want to do that. Should we? Yeah, if, if you want to go through and highlight the things that you think are important, um, sure. I think that would be great. And then, then we could talk about how we want to get one drafted for Medford. Okay. Can you see it right now? I, I just, my screen went white. Yes, we can, we can see it. Um, maybe if you okay. scroll. Okay, is it moving? It's not moving. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Either that or it's a very short ordinance. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's uh, it's actually not, it's not that long to tell you the truth. It's only like three pages. Um, but I, if, if you want to email it to me, I might have an easier time on my computer. Sure. Give me one second. Let's see. Yeah. So Zach, I just said that you, but I just, can you, can you see it now on my screen? Because I can see it now. So I don't know, I don't know what happened. We can see it. Maybe if you try to scroll now, you can. Yeah, I can see it's moving now. So, so it's, basically. It's not sorry. moving for us, John. I'm sorry. So I'll just okay. share my screen. Perfect. Great. Can you see my version? Yes, I can. <laughs> so, um, okay, so it starts off with the uh, purpose, uh, you know, of the, of the ordinance, then it goes into the definitions. And from what I saw when I looked at the, uh, the three cities, all of the definitions are pretty much all the same as you go through, um, you know, defines the applicable laws, entity for, um, from a homeowner, foreclosing on a landlord, it goes right through notice to quit, owner of property, rental units. And from there, it talks about applicability, required notice, non-waivability, partial invalidity, um, in violations, of course. I think that's pretty much pretty much it. And most of them have actually passed. Like this one here was uh, 2020, so only, uh, I don't know, five, six months ago. And uh, I think the city of Somerville, I think, had the oldest one, which was September of 2019. So they were ahead of the curve. Uh, but 
it's pretty much, um, it seems like they're all, for the most part, pretty standard. But I'm not sure if we want to read through any particular section. That's fine, too. You just kind of discuss. Yeah, I, I'm most interested in, in these two sections, the applicability and, and the required notice. Okay. Um, and let me just read this. Seems like this is, you know, when a tenancy starts or when a notice to, or notice of non-renewal uh, has been served. Um, then under this, you know, notification would go out um, and it applies to rental units and uh, does not apply to these certain rental units, hospital, uh, nonprofit, medical facility, and short-term rental. So it seems mostly focused on um, the longer-term rentals in a community. And it looks like it also describes the requirements of what will be included in the notice. Um, and that, to me, um, when I was thinking about this, I proposed it. Those were kind of the most important things for me as well, um, was really making sure that, you know, it wasn't just going out when someone was in trouble, but that they had it, you know, when they had started a lease so that they would know their rights up front. Um, so that was kind of the main the main topic that I wanted to to bring in, but this does look like a, a pretty comprehensive model. And I think I think it's a good point about knowing upfront, you know, what's you know be, being proactive and everyone knowing upfront what's available to them. So um, you know, it's better off to start off with that um, than to like you know kind of have to all of a sudden you know after the fact, you know, when, if the person's, you know, being evicted. So, you know, knowing right away and knowing up front and being proactive, I think that's probably the best bet. Right. Uh, Councillor Marks, do you have any, any comments or thoughts so far looking at, at this document? Well, honestly, I, I, I need to take a closer look at it. I, you know, I haven't had time to really take a look at it. So, you know, if, if, if we want, we can ask, uh, through a motion that the city solicitor review this document and propose language for the city of Medford. And that way we'll have some language to look at. Um, that could be a next step. We could, we could do that or cause the if you wouldn't mind, as I say, if, if you, you know, if, you, if you'd rather, I can send you all three. I mean, if you want to review them as well, we can, you know, take that up at a, you know, another meeting as well, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, I don't mind pushing this to the, um, to the city solicitor, but if, uh, if you want time to read through the three, uh, that I pulled, um, that's fine as well. And council Pierce, we, we, you know, I got not sure how you feel on this as well. So if you feel free to weigh in. I'd be comfortable either, either way. I think it'd be great to get some maybe Medford specific language from the solicitor. Yes. I'm fine with that. And, and, and we have to be mindful, too, the city of Cambridge has a lot more resources than we do. You are correct. I'm sure Alicia can attest to that within her own department. So I want to make sure whatever we propose is something that uh, we're able to uh, easily um, follow through with. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I think that may be a good first step. By me. Would you be willing yes. to send it to Kim and myself, and then we can provide you with any administrative concerns at the same time she provides you with legal concerns? Good point. Good point. That's good. That works so for me. So do you, need, um, do you need a motion to move this to uh, City Solicitor Scanlon, 
with a copy to uh, Alicia Hunt for review and for a method version of the proposed ordinance. That sounds like a motion to me. Is, is there a second? A second. Great, uh, Mr. Clerk, when you let us know. And, and also, you know, is there any, any other discussion from other people on the call, um, Roberta, Danielle, Alicia, around this topic? Great. I think that we'd like to review it, you know. So it sounds like a great idea. Um, but like Councillor Mark said, we like what exactly is it, and let's make sure we can we can follow through. Absolutely, I think that's a good idea. Let me read back this motion from Councillor Falco. Uh, Councillor Falco moved that the city solicitor and OCD director review the documents from Councillor Falco and uh, and and draft language uh, specific for Medford. Yes, please. And and do you think that does that get Sorry, one from Council Marks. Yep, and Alicia, is that is that enough? Does that address what you were brought up? Yeah. Great. All right, um, Mr. Clerk, so I'll please call the roll. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Councilor Marks. Yep. Before we call the roll, Mr. Chair, uh, I just want to make sure that uh, if we do send this paper, uh, are we looking at uh, just tenants with a full lease, or are we looking at month-to-month -month tenancies? Or uh, I mean, I, I didn't read the whole document, but um, I, I think whatever we send, we should be clear on what we're trying to accomplish. It, it looked to me, I, I would prefer to address both of those. I think the long-term leases and the month-to-month. -month. It seemed that the only exemptions from my very quick read of the Cambridge ordinance were hospital units in hospitals, units in medical facilities like substance use or, or long-term care, um, and short-term rentals, which I was thinking of as Airbnb. Um, I know we don't have those regulations yet on, on Medford's books. Um, I would like to look at the long-term leases and the month-to-month -month leases. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. So I, I think we should make that as part of the motion. Uh, if, if, if the city solicitor is going to craft something, that that be part of the motion. Is that all good with you, Councillor Falco? Yes, that is fine with me. So how am I amending the motion? What, what am I adding to the motion to amend it? Just if you could stick a couple of words in there, Mr. Clerk, <laughs> the review of uh, lease and month-to-month -month tenancies. Hang on, okay. Uh, you want me to say long-term month-to-month tenancies or lease, leases? I don't, know, I don't know if you'd refer to it as long-term, but... I, you know, to me, a lease is a one-year lease, and month-to-month -month is month-to-month. -month. Okay. Um, I think that that's a tenant at will would be the correct term. Yeah. Tenant yeah. At will. Okay. Yeah. Mike. So let me read back what I have, and let's see if we need any other changes. Councilor Falco moved that the city solicitor and OCD director review the documents, including leases and month-to-month -month tenancies from, from Councilor Falco, and draft, specific, draft language specific from Medford, and that's got a second from Councilor Marks. If we could just include the language uh, regarding um, tenant, the, at will. tenant at will, yes, not not month to month tenant at will leases and tenancies. So you you want to you want to get rid of month to month. month. Okay, hang on. Okay, here's what I have. 
Councilor Falco moved that, the city, moved that the city solicitor and OCD director review the documents, including leases and tenancies at will from Councilor Falco and draft, draft language specific for Medford. Sounds good. Okay. And that has a second from Councilor Marks. And uh, Mr. Clerk, the roll, please. Councilor Falco. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Chairman Bears. Yes. Great. Uh, that has passed a three in the affirmative, none in the negative. Um, so the next item on our agenda is the paper 21-070, which is around uh, health and safety inspections for uh, rental units. Um, I was the one who put this item on the council agenda. Um, and I think we really just want to have a discussion with uh, the right people at City Hall um, to make it clear what the process is when a resident submits a complaint or a request for an inspection for their unit and making sure that those are followed through on, that the inspectors you know, are following up on those complaints um, and that they're being registered because that's very important. Um, you know, Having that accessible and transparent system is essential for residents to exercise their own rights if they're in an issue with health and safety in their apartment. Um, they can't exercise all their rights unless the inspector has come in and, and viewed the issue and issued a determination. Um, so I was hoping that we would have a future meeting um, and I was, I spoke again about the, how the process works now. It seems right now that inspectors from the building department and sanitarians from the health department are the main city staff who work on this. Um, so I was thinking we could have a meeting with a representative from the building department and health department, as well as the chief of staff, but I was, interested in what my fellow counselors and others on the call thought, uh, about how we could go forward and who we should invite to discuss this issue. To me, it sounds like it's on the right track. I mean, I, I would uh, recommend that we do, you know, so is it the, basically the code enforcement officers? Is that what you were standing council of I think it's actually the, the building inspectors. Um, okay. I'm not it, sure. It, but I think whoever it is, if it's the building inspectors or the code enforcement officers or the sanitarians, I, I, I would think that we should invite them to a meeting and hear from them, you know, get their perspective of what they see, what the process is, and just so we can educate ourselves on how we can move forward. That makes sense to me. Um, is there any, uh, I mean, Alicia, is there any involvement from your department that you think you have around this um, or is it mostly the other departments? No, um, I, I know that both building department health and department are involved. I thought it was code enforcement, um, but I'm not sure if it's them or the building inspectors. But if you were to send it to Paul Mokey and to Marianne asking for the right staff, because um, I think it's in health specific sanitation uh, sanit sanitation inspector. It's not any of them, um, but, I, but I'm not positive. Right. You go by the mass sanitary codes. So, right, so, so code enforcement may not be the appropriate entity to handle some of this stuff. It could, it could be a number of different entities, actually, uh, depending on what the violation of potential violation is so you know i've in the past discussed hoarding issues for example with john bavuso 
a bunch like and he's but I also know that um I'm pretty sure I work a lot with Melanie because she does business inspections, but I actually think that it might be Allison and their new newer sanitation um, inspector who do does the health ones, which is why I would recommend asking, you know, you might be a more uh, useful conversation if Marianne thought it was her versus one of her staff who should speak to it. Okay, hey, um, so I can reach out to Marianne and Paul and make sure we have the right people for a future meeting to discuss the topic and get input from the staff who have been doing this, uh, this work so far. Um, that was it for the agenda. We have another meeting, Public Works Subcommittee at 6.30. Um, so I'd like to move that we keep all three papers in, in committee um, and reflect uh, Councillor, uh, sorry, Clerk Hurtabies, you have um, the motion that I proposed earlier around paper 20-300. And I'd also like to keep 21-053 and 